Like I'm gonna get a uh, uh, hard shell tacos and two chalupas from a uh, uh, Taco Bell, and mm-hmm. then also I'm gonna get like a bag of sun chips with those. Great for the recording. Eat the whole time. Hey guys. Like the loudest food. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm gonna eat actual glass. All right. Do we want to just just go for it? Just start. Yeah. All right. Just go one take. It's easy. We don't Welcome. have an intro. So. <laughs> you fucking say it. I'm gonna do it. You, is that the cold you, open? Shit. Is it? Is it? Is, it, <laughs> is that a cold open? Welcome to Learning the Ropes, where we figure out the formatting as we go. I am one of your hosts, Matt. I'm also one of your hosts, Andrew. Am I a host? I'm Tyler. I might be a host. I'm the one who's learning the ropes. Yeah, do we call you the host? He's the trainee. The trainee. Yeah, the jabroni. The young lion, the the jobber, the journeyman. Uh, Tyler! Hi. <laughs> I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to snap into a Slim Jim? Is that a... That's... Macho Man, right? It is, in fact. I'm <laughs> that learning. is, in fact, a Macho Man Randy Savage reference. And something about the cream, too? Yeah, oh yeah. The cream, as we will see uh, today, rises to the top in uh, in professional wrestling. Um, because the match we're watching today, Tyler, is WrestleMania 3, the Pontiac Silverdome, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And Tyler, I want to know, what do you know, if anything, about about the Macho Man? I know he, he talks kind of funny. Uh, I've, I've seen the Slim Jim bit, and that's about all I know. You might also know him from Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man film. Oh, oh, I know him then. Yeah, he played, uh, he was uh, the wrestler in, in that movie. He, uh, he just did this, like, uh, weird version of professional wrestling where he just beats the shit out of people <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> with like chairs and stuff for fun. Uh, Bonesaw McGraw. Okay, yeah, I know him then. But yeah, we think most people, especially when you start to look at wrestling, they know who Macho Man Randy Savage is. They know they they know the uh the like oh yeah like all that kind of. Yes, that's what I do. Yes, I know that the part. The kind of affect of, of Randy Savage. So we kind of figured that he needs no introduction. And we're looking at one of his like more iconic matches. Yeah, And his opponent is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who I'm pretty sure Tyler would not be familiar with. Steamboat, he's like the wrestler's wrestler, if that makes sense. He's like one of those guys that just always went out there and just had fantastic matches. He breaks the Meltzer, the Dave Meltzer five-star rating system with uh, in a match against Ric Flair. Uh, Dave Meltzer is a wrestling journalist. He is, like, the wrestling journalist who's been doing it since, like, the 70s or 80s. I, Meltzer's just always been there. <laughs> and uh, he, he has a, a match rating scale that he uses to uh, a scale from... It should be it's set from negative five to positive five. With zero being in the middle is kind of like a mediocre, like truly nothing kind of wrestling match. Negative five is like your train wrecks that are that become fun to watch again. And so, so yeah, Steamboat has the first ever six star multi rated match. He is just one of those guys that everyone kind of inspired, uh, aspired to be. Uh, he's a workhorse. Yeah, he's he's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. What else do you need to know? 
And also, uh, you said like you said he has uh, he has an insane name. His real life name he's Richard he's Richard Blood uh, by birth is his real name, but he decided when he went into professional wrestling that that's apparently not cool enough. Uh, yeah, he he could be Dick Blood. Yeah, <laughs> you oh. don't want. Oh, I didn't even think about that. In wrestling, much like in all walks of life, you don't want dick blood. You don't want dick blood. You want steamboat. And yeah, so uh, we're we're gonna be looking at the those two titans of uh, those two legends of wrestling uh, colliding in uh, my home state of Michigan. Oh, yeah, this is for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, going into it just uh uh to kind of set the stage a little bit. Um, talk about like what was going on so uh going into wrestlemania 3 macho man randy savage was the intercontinental champion for uh 414 days um and one of his uh his title defenses was against ricky steamboat um at superstars in november of 1986 um they wrestled uh two um, I believe, uh, Matt, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a count-out finish. Yeah, so Steamboat loses by count-out. Yeah, because Randy Savage crushed Ricky Steamboat, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's uh, larynx, both over the guardrail uh, at ringside, and then also doing his iconic top-rope elbow drop with the ring bell to the throat of Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Wait, so he actually got injured, or was it like a character thing? What do you mean a character thing? Wrestling is real. Oh, sh- I mean, I mean, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. So what do I mean? Never mind. This is why I'm the young lion. I don't, I don't understand things yet. Yeah, I don't so know my Savage place. Crushes yeah, Steamboat's larynx, puts him out of commission. Uh, all the commentators are like, "Steamboat's done. He's got to retire. This is like a life-threatening injury." So fast forward a bit, injury. Savage begins a feud with George the Animal Steel. So George Steel is like a wrestler from like the 60s and 70s for the most part. He's just this big guy with a ton of back hair that's just kind of weird. So he starts a program with, with Savage for the Intercontinental Championship where uh, he has a crush on savage's uh, on-screen and off-screen girlfriend miss elizabeth and it's kind of creepy but the fans find it really endearing and so they have a match at saturday night's main event nine savage sets up to do the same thing that he did to steamboat to to george seal he's got him down center of the mat he's up at the top rope with the fucking rebel is gonna jump off and slam into his larynx but ricky steamboat returns a month after having his larynx crushed, career-threatening injury that was definitely real, one hundred percent. Definitely no- nothing, uh, nothing, nothing fishy about this injury. Nothing to joke about, uh, and nothing to God forbid suggest it wasn't real. But uh, Ricky Steamboat returns and saves George the Animal Steel. He has they they have interview segments with doctors that are. Uh, that say they're genuinely shocked at the superhuman healing ability that Ricky Steamboat displays in his his recovery from having his larynx crushed. And this sets the stage for one of the most iconic workhorse matches in wrestling history. WrestleMania three, the Pontiac Silverdome, Intercontinental Championship on the line, Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in his corner. 
and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with creepy hairy guy George the Animal Steel in his corner. That's no offense to George the Animal Steel. And we're uh, we're ready to watch the match. That's the match. Right away, Tyler. First kind of thoughts. Okay, it had a really good pacing, which I feel like a lot of them don't that I've seen so far. That had a really good pacing for a match. A consistent arc the whole way through was solid. To kind of add a little bit more context, so this match was two matches before the last match that we that we covered on the show, which was uh, Andre versus Hogan from which main evented this card. So, um, so. They had to follow this up. So what do you think of the differences in the pacing and the storytelling on like that kind of very iconic, like grandiose match of Andre Hogan versus this match? Honestly, I like this match more. Maybe I don't have all of the history, but I, I like this match more. I, it just had better pacing. And it, had, I, I, it, it was easier to follow than that match was. Maybe it's just because like they're not as big and like it's hard to kind of gauge like the strength of like a big dude, you know? But if they're the same size, it's more balanced. Or, or, I, it's just easier to follow for me. I like that match a lot. Well, you would make uh, Macho Man really happy saying that. because uh, So he's a per- perfectionist, right? They were rehearsing this match like an insane amount going into this. Like in an interview later, Ricky Steamboat kind of talked about just like how they just did the match over and over and over again un- until Savage was happy with it. He doesn't. It doesn't strike me as that kind of person, like, on, you know, like, in character, but that's cool. Yeah. Macho Man has a, uh, like, a huge reputation for being somebody, like, who... Because a lot of wrestlers, um, they, like, plan and rehearse, like, the big spots, like, the high spots in in their matches and stuff, and, like, the, the big kind of, the more complicated kind of spots throughout like the whole match and then they'll go out and they'll they'll do what's called like calling the match just like wrestling between those points kind of improvisationally and the macho man is the complete opposite of that he would like meticulously plan every like minute of the match from top to bottom like all the way through to the finish he's a director Uh, basically yeah that's cool now i have some questions about the match. So, what the hell are the rules? Seems like uh, there's a lot of a lot of people call or well not, not just the one guy calling for disqualification left and right. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that just is that just biased? Is it is it is it is he just like It was it was very much biased. And and in wrestling, the rules have always been loose. <laughs> like I remember I've read like the old like from the 60s nwa wrestling rule book and it has things like you're not allowed to go over the top rope at all oh interesting uh if you do you're disqualified that was happening a lot (laughs) so the rules change and adapt and this is kind of the beginning of the like high flyer kind of wrestlers rather than just a bunch of big dudes Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's still you know Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat are still really big guys, but they're smaller than like a Hogan or Andre or anyone yeah. from the past. And so with that, the rules become looser. I don't know if you noticed, but like Dave Hebner, the referee, kept whenever anyone went to the top rope, he was like, "Get down from there, get down." Uh, yeah, know? he he didn't really stop them, but just kind of let them keep going. Yeah, the rules in wrestling end up being. A lot of stuff. The rule of cool. Yeah, it's like a lot of, well, really, 
in kayfabe, a lot of stuff I think is supposed to be meant to be at like the referee's discretion, <laughs> and so like because things like um you'll you'll always see even today in a lot of cases if wrestlers are throwing like close handed strikes like just punches the referee is like admonishing them when they do that and like trying to tell them to to keep like open hands like doing palm strikes and slaps and that kind of thing close fists are illegal in most of yeah like i think the the idea is supposed to be out of like respect for the sport and the competitors and like <laughs> the stakes for the match or whatever or uh or just like respect for you know the idea that like the audience is here to see these two guys wrestle the referee is going to admonish you for using close-handed strikes but not disqualify you because like what then what would these people be here for to see Macho <laughs> Man throw one solid right hook and then immediately be disqualified and the match is over like and so they kind of uh do all that stuff and it also gives it so that it's like normally in the structure of like your uh your platonic ideal of a wrestling match um they'll start with like trading a bunch of holds and stuff and then the heel will be the one who breaks the rule and throws the first real mm. punch um and so they get like a they get kind of control of the match and a little bit of heat that way and it's all these like intricacies of small rules for the heels to break so that it's like they're cheating that also escalates tension in the match because now it's gone from, you know, a sporting wrestling match of trying to take somebody down and put them in a hold or uh, pin their shoulders to the mat. It's now just like a bar brawl basically, but yeah. And so you get the commentary team just absolutely killing it with just, Oh, absolutely killing it with all kinds of accusations. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Ventura will not accept anything short of victory for the Macho Man. That just adds, it adds a lot, instead of just being like, because it's a thing that, I know Pat McAfee, who is a current WWE commentator, kind of talks about, like, wanting the NFL to do and stuff, is like, they're not really sports broadcasters, like WWE ring announcers. They're not, like, just calling the match. They're telling the story and giving... And, and kind of helping drive the emotions of the audience so that you're you're like, I should be mad that, yeah. you know, <laughs> the rules are being broken, you know, and that kind of thing. Or get annoyed at Jesse Ventura because he wants Macho Man to win so bad and stuff like that. Like, it, yeah. it adds to it in terms of just, like, the, the whole dynamic of it. Ventura's awesome. I love Ventura. He's so fucking funny. The whole time, just calling for DQ stuff to write. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. And when uh, when Macho Man has uh, has steamboat in any kind of pinning predicament, <laughs> he's immediately like, "Dave Hebner, slow counting it." He's not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how is this not okay? That's what. It, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm slow. Like, I think more sports people should have biases in the match. Just, just fucking lie. It's great. Like imagine how how much better like watching football would be if like the com if there was like a a commentator who was for the Lions. They were just shitting the whole time on everybody else. Yes, that'd be awesome. I'm sold. Or even in like a wrestling context, just telling the story of like like back when uh, Brady was with the Patriots. It's like like every story should be like the underdog whatever team playing against the New England Patriots <laughs> with Tom Brady is like the Thanos of uh, 
the NFL and just building like these heroes that that rise up against him. And it's also interesting because I know this is a bit of a tangent about wrestling commentary, but uh, there's uh, fighting game commentators. Uh, the example I'm thinking of his name is Sajam. Um, and he like he does a lot of like big fighting game events and stuff and like commentating tournaments. And he's talked about how like the main part of like finding or of like doing good commentary is finding that story um, and figuring out like how to tell that like dictate that to the audience the best way to get them invested in the match. And so, yeah, I, I do agree. I think uh, either really, I think everywhere would benefit from a little bit of Jesse Ventura. Every, yes, that's true. All right. I got, I got more questions. Yeah. Um, talked about it a little bit. What's the story with the hairy guy? I was like, I need, I, I need everything. I need all the details. <laughs> that's my new favorite character. He's a freak. I love yeah. him. <laughs> Yeah, so he's, uh, we also forgot to mention in the intro, uh, but it came up when we were watching the, uh, the, the match. At one point, George the Animal Steel, uh, kidnapped Miss Elizabeth, just grabbed her in his arms and walked out of the arena with her. Oh, he's the one who kidnapped, okay, that's Yeah, he's the one who kidnapped her, and he's, uh, I'm not the most, uh, I'm not the most knowledgeable, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna set about, uh, looking up a good answer for you, but cause I really do wonder what like the kayfabe, um, what George, the animal steals thing was. Did he fight ever? Was he like, or was yeah. he always like, a, okay. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he, res- he was wrestling like even up until that, at that point really. But yeah, so I, I will, I will definitely look into more, more of what George Steele's deal is. Yeah. He's awesome. He's fucking great. Shut up. Just goes in the ring at one point with the bell. Incredible. Ah, my mic wasn't working for a, I kept I kept starting to talk about George Steele and no one was even <laughs> was paying attention to me. <laughs> there was a long moment of silence. I'm like something's wrong here cuz someone, someone has to say something. <laughs> uh no, so so uh what I was going to say cuz cuz I I I know a little bit. I I did some research. So he uh started in like the late 60s wrestling kind of did a lot of his wrestling like in the 70s did a, did some wrestling in the 80s and he he did some occasional very occasional stuff like the like late aughts like he showed up on uh an episode of monday night raw in 2010 but like his thing was he was like a wild man he would like bite into like <laughs> oh, different yes. parts of the ring and tear it up he had like a, a green tongue which was just like he would eat like a ton of breath mints until like his tongue like just became green and you could kind of notice it in in the match but but yeah and and he his his whole thing was he was like the missing link kind of deal he so he is like a like a half like not real like human like kind of monkey man and he's friends with Ricky Steamboat martial artist of course, obviously. Like, you can't have a master without a weird dude friend. It's just, yeah. It's a classic combo. The tale of Beauty and the Beast. Han Solo has his Chewbacca. <laughs> See? Dragon Steamboat. As George the Animal Steel. Yeah. See? But yeah, so, so his thing is he's yeah, like I'm an sold. animal That's... person. I, I loved it. And we, I, I said this during the match. But uh, when Andrew and myself were putting notes together for this, 
and we had seen that that just the 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 fatuation that he has with Miss Elizabeth, how kind of creepy it was. We were like, how can people cheer for this? And then Tyler, oh yeah, I'm I love freaks. This dude's a freaky little dude. I love him. Yeah, I guess he he really is kind of like a uh, even more like less like Disney and a little bit more accurate, but still kind of like a Quasimodo in this feud of like. Uh, although that that would also imply that like Esmeralda, I guess he's more King Kong, you know. That's a better yeah, parallel. He's King Kong. Yeah. He, uh, he's just an, an animal who's who's attract who says beautiful woman and then is like my attract. He's attracted <laughs> to, to to just big hulking men too. Yeah. So it's yeah with rippling muscles mm-hmm. and I, martial arts prowess. I get this guy. I get this guy. Very understand. Uh, you know what? Yeah. When we when you put it like that, how can you not understand George the Animal Steel? We need more people like him. Maybe less <laughs> kidnapping, but more of the understanding of yeah. big hulking men with martial arts prowess. Yeah. We need to like broach a piece with like the kind of person George the Animal Steel is. Where yeah, where they understand that kidnapping's not a cool thing to do. We're not going to be crazy. Like, we're going to do martial arts. Yeah, we like hang out with him and do martial arts, and he's our cool, yeah. our cool, uh, our cool our friend. Our cool friend that keeps uh, our larynxes from being crushed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, that saves the day. George the Animal Steel saves the day. He did save the day today too. He uh, he he gets that ring bell when Savage goes to get that ring bell. George the Animal Steel climbs up and just yoinks it right out of his hand. <laughs> he got hit in the face for it too. My favorite thing about that is that there's not really like a fight over. <laughs> Over the ring bell between George Steele and the Macho Man, it's just like he he walks up, grabs it, and then Macho Man has to like choke him in the back of the head. <laughs> he, just, he just knocks him out basically. In one. Yeah. And then George Steele sends him tumbling into the ring off the top turnbuckle. Uh, the the little bit of Steele like doing stuff also made me like appreciate the cardio of Savage and Steamboat a lot more too, though, because because yeah. Steele went up on the apron. And took the ring bell away, and then was like dripping sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah. he was like fifty-one. He's also yeah. wearing a coat too. He's wearing a coat with all that. Yeah, hair. He's, he is. He is in a, in a parka <laughs> yeah. uh, of body hair. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he went through that match compared to yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Savage afterwards. Like God, they're fucking cardio. And same thing with uh, Dave Hebner, uh, evidently the most disappointing referee of all time, according to commentary. <laughs> uh, he takes that, he takes that, he gets knocked over into the turnbuckle, then bounces off the turnbuckle and falls he over. He just dies. And he's, he's just dead. He's down for, like, the rest of the match, basically. And he's, he's immediately, like, twice as sweaty as he was before. <laughs> And then he it takes him so long to get up, bless his heart. And suspiciously, he gets up just in you know like in time to give him the win to give yeah, uh, just in time to count the finish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no, with fast counting at that time. I think genuinely, <laughs> I'm a I I'm at least a little bit. I'm I'm with uh I'm with uh I'm with Ventura. uh Jesse Ventura. I think the Macho mm-hmm. Man had that had that match won had had Steamboat dead to rights and. Uh, I'd say the, of, uh, the Macho Man was uh, unjustifiably in a position <laughs> that he'd rather not be in. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, people that pay attention to wrestling are really going to like that joke. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a quote. Sorry, Tyler. Uh, no, it's good. Us, uh, no, I support him. Unironically. 
uh, a thing that came after this match. Yeah. Um, it was in reference to this match. Uh, the cream of the crop promo. Uh, the, the, where that's a quote from. The most famous fucking Randy Savage promo. I mean, when we, when we asked you, Tyler, what you know about Randy Savage, one of the first things you said I was said the that. cream of the crop. Yeah. Um, he is the cream. Yeah, that promo is in direct response to this match after he loses the belt. And this match actually is kind of what launches uh, Macho Man up into like the main event scene where he starts to have a uh, a whole program with Hulk Hogan. They form the Mega Powers, the greatest tag team of all time. Oh, so he still wasn't like a big like. So he was like still kind of small here, or like I mean, he yeah. This like was coming. This still? was his first title reign. Oh yeah, fuck. Uh, this was his first because Savage was only Intercontinental Champion once, mm. and this was his mm-hmm. his one reign with it. And yeah, from here he goes on to become multi-time WWE World Champion. But yeah, this is like the the kind of watershed moment for him where he has to lose this match in order to become the guy. And it also uh, we talk about like the the legacy of this match and uh one of one of those things is kind of like the reputation of like this is the archetypical macho man was like kind of bubbling under the surface um people really like the macho man because how can you not um and he wins the intercontinental championship and he has this big long Rain with it um and they alluded to it on commentary where uh they said like the macho man has been like he hasn't been ducking anybody. He's been taking on all comers. Like, he hasn't been... Uh, I think Gorilla Monsoon says, like, he hasn't been a closet champion. Um, and then he the kind of archetypical wrestling, quote-unquote, journey of, like, he goes from winning that... Uh, what some people would refer to... Uh, I don't... Not to, you know... Uh, downplay the Intercontinental Championship, but uh, uh, it's... People refer to it as, like, a mid-card title and then he drops that belt and launches to even greater heights going after the world championship and then kind of i know before before we get uh before we get into kind of final thoughts on the uh the match i wanted to ask tyler if you kind of picked up on not just like the overall story but like within the match like the story of the match itself well the one that i kept hearing was that like uh that uh uh, like the dragon just like kept taking hits and just kept getting back up was like one Mm -hmm. of the big things like like, just kept getting you know hit and 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 what you saw in the match too because like he got pinned like 10 times in in, like a minute and then just kept getting back up that's pretty cool and uh yeah it just seems like it seems like the story was that macho man definitely is the better of the two but due to the fact of uh uh some slow counting and uh the <laughs> and the bell he lost because of that stuff only yeah and um i definitely think like that story of steamboat keeping getting back up like increased uh savage's kind of desperation of like he kept doing more and more like throwing him out of the ring mm-hmm. until just kept like escalating things. Yeah, until eventually he goes to to get that ring bell again <laughs> to I guess kill Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> like, you know that, that that's a good point. What was his intention there? <laughs> he wants to he wants to crush his larynx again. He wants to finish the job. That is what Ventura said he should do. Yeah, 
He did. He did say he should just do that. <laughs> he should just end him. Matt, I don't know if you have anything else you might uh, want to say, or Tyler, if you have any other questions or anything. Yeah, yeah. I, one thing I kind of wanted to to kind of touch on is just like what this match kind of leads to in general is just wrestling because like i compare this match a lot to uh like people compare this as like the citizen kane of wrestling matches like watching out of context you might think like oh it's not necessarily it might not be that special but like this was the first match on this kind of stage that was like to just steal the show like that like this inspires countless wrestlers kind of later on to do whatever they can to have like the show stealing match on the card it inspires guys like Shawn michaels inspires guys like jeff hardy inspires guys like john cena you know just litany of people who go on to be like the workhorses in their kind of generations that just it really it kind of goes on to form the uh the foundation of modern wrestling really and that's it feels very kind of ahead of its time yeah it felt like watching a modern match i mean i haven't watched that many old ones but this felt like the most like watching a modern one with all the it was very fast paced with you know there's a lot of like uh i i I guess more like acrobatic stuff that was happening which i feel like wasn't common with the, with the like, older stuff that i've seen it it, it was it 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 felt it it felt like I haven't watched that much wrestling. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm still the young lion or, or whatever I am, but it felt very ahead of its time, even with my small con or my small context for it. Right, like you've seen a decent amount of modern wrestling at this point. Like we've shown you a lot of AEW stuff. Mm-hmm. Outside of this, we've shown you a uh, New Japan stuff. Elbows, elbows, elbows. Hey, there were a lot of elbows here too. There's a lot of elbows here too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, twelve to six too, dude. Mm-hmm. Savage is not fucking around. Now we want to do something that we didn't do last time, but we're kind of wanting wanting to do going forward. Is we're gonna kind of go around the table, the three of us, and give this match a rating in the same kind of scale as as Big Dave Meltzer kind of has. So. Negative five being it's so bad it becomes funny. Zero being just your mediocre, just nothing match. And then five being the best match you could possibly think of. Right. So, Andrew, why don't you kind of start us off? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with, I think, a four. Is where I would put it. Just definitely like it's absolutely uh, really strong, really fun to watch, really great experience. Um and I will, I will let my, uh, uh, my slight, my, my kind of modern bias of like, it, I really feel like the, uh, the Citizen Kane comparison is, uh, apt because to me it kind of feels like now that you've seen like essentially what inspired it doing similar stuff, it loses a little bit of its luster, you know, it doesn't feel as, uh, it still feels very ahead of its time, but now that it it has been its time you know and it's no longer ahead but uh it's still absolutely a fantastic watch out of context of this like i would probably give it like a 3.5 for for similar reasons like the match is ahead of its time but but looking at it in a more modern context just like the amount of interference kind of does spoil it a little bit for me and then like the fact that it ends on a roll-up to me is also something mm. that like 
in a more modern wrestling setting, I wouldn't want to see. You know, if, if it was me like watching this for like the very first time, like in like like if I was like in the Pontiac Silverdome at that time, like if, it would probably be different. Yeah. But um, that's kind of my thoughts right now. Now, Tyler, you've convinced me. I'm gonna give it. A, I was a four at first. Now I'm a three because you're right. It didn't have a big end. It was kind of a kind of poofed out at the end a little bit. Before I was a four, and I, it can't be a five because, like, if it was a five for me, it'd be it'd, it'd be me like screaming at my screen, you know. Uh, wasn't that, but it was close. But then you convinced me, Baldy, that like, yeah, like it kind of poofed out at the end. It like had it, it kind of fell flat. I feel like if the, like if you're gonna do like the interference thing, it's gotta have a bigger end. I feel like right, and, and the fact that the last move that is hit is interference. Yeah. Like, if if it was the interference and then like Ricky Steamboat pulls out like a move after that and mm-hmm. that's what beats Macho Man, I would feel differently about the interference. But the fact that it's like George Animal Steel tosses Savage from the top rope and then Ricky just kind of rolls him up from there and that's yeah. that's the finish. Like if if there had been just like a little bit more at the end, it would push it up for me for sure. Mm-hmm. To kind of finish off, I uh, we wanted to kind of bring in like we said. uh one of the biggest wrestling journalists of all time, Dave Meltzer. You get him for this call? Is he coming? No. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, he, yeah, you guys got big pulls. We we have his his rating of the match. So this is his rating at the time. So he rates it a four and a half star match. So what do you think of that, Tyler? That makes sense. I think for him knowing the background and for him not uh, being a time traveler and seeing modern wrestling, I could see that making sense. Also, like being more into the like being more into because like I'm not that into the story because I I don't know all the all the like history. And knowing all the history, I could see I could see this being a four and a half star match for somebody like that. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a good illustration of the thing we've been talking about that like Dave rated it four point five when it happened. Um, and now we've had, you know, so many years between, uh, then and now that like, we have a different, a bit of a different perspective on, on the actual match. Um, and we rated it, all of us rated it lower than Dave. Frankly, when I thought I was going to rate it a four, I thought I was going to be the low guy. I thought, I thought, <laughs> oh, that, really? uh, yeah, I don't know why I just had the thought, like, I was just like, oh yeah, it's like, I'm going to give it a four, but I kind of figure like I, I was going to be a little bit a little bit more critical of it than even you guys were. And I was surprised well, for me. It's uh, like a 3.5 doesn't mean it's a bad match. Oh yeah. No, you know, I, a 3.5 not... is still a, it's still a good match. You know, it's better than average. Like there are a ton of matches. I would, I would pick this match over a ton of different matches to watch. You know? Oh yeah. Like desert Island. I'm stuck watching just one wrestling match. I'd be fine with this one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I would say I, I would pick, I would pick watching this match again over, Probably several matches that have occurred on Raw like this last week. Right. <laughs> like I it's probably it's about as good, <laughs> if not still still better as like a lot of what you see on uh on TV right now. And yeah, I think I think that's about that's about it. Yeah, any any final thoughts, Tyler? Last 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 second thoughts. Uh shit. I'm 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 on my spot. Uh it was good. More of the animal. How how'd you feel about the savage's robe? Oh, it was insane. Thing the thing was wild. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta get I gotta get me one of those. And with that, see you guys next week. We'll 
do some more wrestling talk with Tyler. We'll we'll see kind of how this. And goes. we'll also figure out right. more formatting as we go. It's gonna get it's gonna get better, folks. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the Citizen Kane of learning the ropes. All right. Tyler is learning the ropes of wrestling, and Matt and Andrew are learning the ropes of podcasting, and we're all learning, and we're all growing. And you know what? Maybe at some point we'll have learned all the ropes. At some point, every rope. Hemp rope. <laughs> That's the only rope I know. I'm, in. I'm out. All right. See, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>